Welcome to Inside Impact, where we give you a behind-the-scenes peek at how organizations can create positive change in their communities. I'm Elisa Herr, founder of Unity Web Agency, and on the show today, I talk with someone who's making an impact on the environment by challenging his clients to erase their carbon footprint. Alex Lassiter is the founder and CEO of Green Places, a software platform that helps you calculate your carbon footprint, set reduction goals, purchase carbon offsets, and easily report on your progress. Their clients include Spiffy, Bartaco, and Pindo. Alex founded Green Places in 2020, and they're already on their way to making a substantial impact. This isn't the first company that Alex started. In 2017, he had a successful exit from another company he founded. A few years after that journey, he was ready for the next chapter. You know, I have three young kids, and to me, like, climate change is the defining issue of our time, and I couldn't think of anything um, more important to, like, really focus on. Um, but it was, it was a hard decision because I was, I was actually trying to figure out, like, what I should do. I just knew the place that I wanted to do it. I actually almost went back to school. I, I think I'm actually still on deferral from Cambridge University uh, to get, get a master's uh, in this stuff. But ultimately, I decided that the, the next 10 years, I think, are the most critical. If I, as a person, was going to make the most impact, I was going to make that impact in using the skills that I already had um, and devoting it in a direction that I felt like really mattered. Alex hit the ground running because businesses are under a lot of pressure from investors, employees, and customers to be more sustainable. But there's a problem. It is really hard to do a good job at this stuff. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, and the companies that do this really well have teams and teams of people. I saw a report the other day that heads of sustainability can make, you know, seven figures. And, and, and companies like Nike and Patagonia and Unilever that do this really well, they don't just have one person doing this. They have teams of people, um, which is untenable for a lot of businesses. Mm -hmm. So the, the thought process was, we know this is something that we think that most businesses are going to be required to do. And the resources available to do that um, are not there for a lot of businesses, even really large ones. Um, and I think when you have a situation like that where something is uh, extremely important and you don't have the resources to do it yourself, I think technology can play a really good, really good part there. So we decided to, to, to create a software and a, a platform to be able to help make it easier for businesses um, to do a really great job on sustainability. And that's where the idea for Green Places started. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. We actually have a, something in common. Um, I am the co-founder of a company called Unit of Impact. Okay. That is in a similar space, not not competition. Sure. Don't worry. It's, it's okay. <laughs> but um, for small businesses that are mission-driven to be able to measure and report on their impact. Mm -hmm. Because there is a requirement in a lot of places that other states, not ours, not North Carolina, mm -hmm. but other states that have benefit corporations, mm -hmm. that there is that requirement every year for them to report on the impacts that they're making. Mm -hmm. And so I'm working with two other, I have um, full-time, I'm the CEO of Unity Web Agency mm. and we're a B Corp here in Raleigh, Durham area. And this company, um, Unit of Impact is founded with two other B Corps, one in Idaho, one in uh, Maryland. Cool. Yeah. As small businesses, it's so hard. I mean, we're, my team has six people on it. Yep. And when 
not one person on the team has a full-time job of measuring and reporting on impact. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So we're, we're about to launch that hopefully this summer. (laughs) That's exciting. Yeah. Um, But yeah. And so it's really exciting to talk with you about green places and your journey and what you're doing because it's, it's in the same, I don't know, the right sports reference for it, but like (laughs) it, Again, it's it's one of the largest issues it uh, is. that every business in the planet has to figure out. Yeah. And it's not going to be one solution that solves it. Exactly. Um, it's going to be all of us working together and businesses need help. Like, mm-hmm. And I think contrary to what, what, what I think a lot of people believe is it's not a lack of desire. Right. Like I think a lot of people believe that businesses need to want to do this. What we find is, is the opposite. Yeah. We have a lot of businesses, a lot of leaders, a lot of employees who say that this is really important to me, I just don't know what to do. Yeah. And I think what we do a great job at is translating the complex into the straightforward and taking the science and bringing it to people in a way that um, they can actually take the action they need to. And I love that you've gone deep on environmental impact specifically, Mm -hmm. because I know that that is something that a lot of businesses you're right. A lot of people really care about this mm-hmm. stuff and don't know how to make how to even get started with it. So if a company like my company, Unity Web Agency, if we mm-hmm. wanted to sign up for Green Places, mm-hmm. what would that be like? What does the company do? Yeah. How, how does it benefit us? Like, how does all that yeah. work? Yeah. So um, we we call it climate compliance. Okay. Um, and essentially what that what, what that's saying is we kind of outline the things that you really ought to be doing. And every business has different goals, and some of them are, are more specific. Some mm-hmm. of them want to report into certain agencies, and they want to reach disclosures, and you know maybe they have a big investor that needs stuff. And so that might look a little bit different for different people. But when we sit down with somebody, the process is usually pretty simple. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to integrate with the tools that you already use, um, and we're going to pull as much data as we possibly can. There may be some cases where we need to pull data that's outside of an integration that we have, and that's okay. We'll help you go get it. Mm-hmm. And what that allows us to do is to get all the pieces of information that we need to be able to truly understand your emissions. Then our team of sustainability analysts, our carbon accountants, are going to take all that information and they're going to calculate what your carbon footprint is, which is going to be all of the sources of emissions up through scope three, where everything is, how big they are. And that's going to help come back to you to say, look, this is we now have full visibility into where we are as a business. The second thing we do is we help you know what to do then, right? So once you know what your emissions are, people want to know, well, how do I get better? Mm-hmm. And that's different for every business. But there's some some playbooks that we have to be able to say, based on your type of business, based on what your emissions look like, here's the full menu of options that are available to you. Here's the 20 or 30 things that you could actually do to be better. We can tell you which ones are easy. We can tell you which ones are more impactful. Um, and we work with you to help knock those things out. We might say, look, if you did all 30 of these things, you're, you're number one in your industry. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing everything that you could. If you do half of them, you know, you're upper quartile, you're a leader. Um, and we try to help people by giving them visibility into like what they need to do. So we can actually give them tools that they can actually implement mm-hmm. to be able to make things better. And then the last thing we do is, is, is we help you like tell the story. We help you communicate this to all the people that need to know. Now, most businesses have, you know, three, maybe four, like, key stakeholders that care about this. Mm -hmm. So you have your customers that want to know about this. You have your employees that want to feel engaged in this. You have your investors, um, which a lot of times require amount of reporting into. Mm -hmm. Um, And then sometimes you have vendor relationships that, that this really matters to them. 
And so a lot of what we do after we've helped you with your sustainability planning is actually help you communicate to those people in ways that that matter to them. Um, and that can come in a lot of different forms. Probably the, the, the easiest is we build you a sustainability website that's dynamic, um, that doesn't require any development or, or, or code to be able to adjust and keep up to date. And it integrates directly with your sustainability plan. So as you make progress, unityagency.com slash sustainability will actually show that progress. Mm -hmm. And so it gives people full transparency in terms of what they're doing. Um, and they don't have to engage a developer or something like yeah. that to do that. It's so cool because as an entrepreneur and a newer entrepreneur than you, I know that the simpler something looks on mm -hmm. the outside to other people, the more effort went into it. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> so what you just described sounds so amazing. And as someone who's been working like part-time, but on the side and overtime on trying to build out this platform, mm -hmm. I know that it is incredibly difficult to pull together what you have pulled together. So I'm in awe Thank you. of all of that. Um, I also am aware of how complex it is to do carbon calculations mm -hmm. and all of that. So mm -hmm. it's it's just, it's so cool that your business is doing that. Well, I can take zero credit. We have <laughs> the world's best team. Um, our sustainability analysts are super smart. Our success managers um, are amazing at uh, as translating the, the, the complexities of this stuff into ways that people can understand it. Our our development team is like, this is, is truly outstanding. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, I agree with you. I think simple things are harder to build. Um, but ultimately, you know, all of us have, have a million things that we have to do within the context of, of climate. There are very few things that you could do that would be bad. Like yeah. most things are good. It, it's just like some things are better than others. And I think something There's that we're some really good things. at. Yeah, which true. <laughs> I mean, in terms of improvements. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I think if a business is saying, look, like we want to devote some time towards making things better. Yeah. Most things are good. Um, but there's there's there are things that are better. Like and, what? Well, so like planting a tree is fine, but like is planting a tree going to do a whole lot over, you know, the first 10 years? Pr probably not, mm -hmm. you know? And in terms of reducing our emissions, I can think about the different emission factors that I have and some decisions that I make can count more than others. Yeah. And so I think a lot of what we end up helping people with is, you know, if you have one hour a week or two hours a week or five hours a week to devote towards this stuff, we want to help you focus on the things that are going to matter the most. Yeah. And that's going to wow, change so cool. by business. So you have quantified all of this. We've quantified a lot of this, yes. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And bananas that you could do that. <laughs> well, we're like one one hundred through our product vision, so right? there's plenty of more that we want to be able to do. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I think like again, what we're trying to do is is we're trying to mobilize people. We're trying to give them the tools to be successful. We understand that everyone is not like a scientist and has a full background in the stuff. Mm -hmm. So we feel like it's our job to to make that stuff you know easier and and truthfully. I believe, and, and I think we believe as a company, that there is a world where businesses and the planet can thrive at the same time. It doesn't have to be at the expense of each other. Um, and we're we're trying to help build tools to, to reach that point. Um, and that's across sectors. We work with law firms and accounting firms. We work with financial services companies. We work with tech companies, agencies, restaurants. Like everyone is trying to challenge is trying to figure this stuff out for yeah. themselves. We're reinventing the way that we do things in a way that's not at the expense of the planet. And Green Places is 
is trying to get us to a world where, where both of those things can happen. And we really do believe we can get there. I believe it too. <laughs> and I hope I'm still around when it happens. I am as well. So you mentioned restaurants. I wanted to talk a little bit about, like, let's dive into one of these areas. Sure. Let's talk about restaurants. Restaurants produce a lot of waste. They do. So I know that Bar Taco is mm-hmm. a client of yours. They are. I'm curious about, like, how a restaurant, like a taco restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are you helping them make a better impact on the environment? It's a good question. Well, it starts with understanding where their footprint is yeah. and their sources of emissions. And you're right. Food waste is uh, is kind of at the top of the list um, for a lot of restaurants, particularly in places that it can control. But the reality is it's, it's, not as, it's not as obvious as a lot of people think in terms of like food waste at a restaurant. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, and I worked in hospitality for, you know, a decade. Yeah. A lot of people perceive food waste as um, I didn't finish my meal. You know, where do I put it in those three trash cans? A lot of food waste is actually more upstream. So it's, it's more complex. It's more about mm. how do you order appropriately? How do you plan a menu appropriately so that one item can be used across or the full item can be used? Yeah. There's a lot of waste in the, in the prep kitchen area, which we don't see as much. And restaurants like Bar Taco are, are remarkably cognizant of that. Um, I think it surprises people when you like walk in the kitchen and you see how these folks think about it. And these are not things that are at odds with business objectives. Producing less food waste means you spend less money on food and materials. Thinking more about inorganic waste can save you money. The world's most obvious example of that is in the delivery world. You don't have to default give people plastic cutlery. Mm -hmm. Like I order takeout probably way too much. When I do, I don't need to get plastic cutlery to come home right. to, to do that. And businesses spend a lot of money on that stuff. And those little ketchup packets yeah. and the salt and pepper in some cases <laughs> and the napkins and all that stuff literally moves from some, a cost center of what they buy and moves into my house and then I have to dispose of it. Yeah. And that is not something that we need to do. And a lot of times when we sit down with a business and we start talking about these things, this stuff becomes obvious and people say, wow, we should do these things. But Bartaco um, is, is, a, is a remarkably well-run business, um, particularly in a space that is super, super, super difficult. And some of the reasons they've been so successful is because they've been thinking about this stuff for a long time. The mm-hmm. way they plan their menus is incredible. The way they think about this stuff and their food prep process is really incredible. But a lot of what we're doing when we work with them is to take a look at where are they producing waste, both organic and inorganic. How do we plan better for those things? How do we get better measurement in place? You know, a lot of times that's where things start. Mm -hmm. um, And it's hard to be able to make decisions and show improvement if you don't have full visibility. So a lot of what we work on is is trying to find ways to be able to um, measure better, um, whether that's measuring and weighing in the kitchen um, or, or elsewhere. That's a big focus. The other part is what do you what do you do with the waste that you create? You know, mm-hmm. and and that stuff is not super easy. It it takes vendor support, it takes partnerships, trying to find composting that's actually like doing it appropriately right. in every single market is hard. It is. Um, and doing so in a reliable way is hard and getting the full visibility in that process to make sure that what you're sending to be composted is actually going to be composted is is difficult. 
it's a pretty close partnership when we sit down with businesses to really understand where things are. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we're working on with Bartaka right now is an integration into a system that we have to pull all of their um, utility bills in mm -hmm. one place. And what we think that we're going to find from that is once we can start to see in real time energy usage across individual restaurants, we can identify places where um, efficiencies can be gained or yeah. maybe some restaurants not operating as energy efficient as another, and we can dive in and be able to help improve those things. It is it is sort of like obvious solutions that that are very difficult to execute. That's yeah. the way, best way I would describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a fun side note thing. One of my team members has uh, the habit of collecting all those like utensils yeah. and, and ketchup packets and um, salt and pepper. And I was over at her house a few weeks ago and she had a full pepper shaker full of pepper that she had gotten <laughs> just yeah. from like all those little paper packets. Yep. She has a shoebox or maybe it's not a shoebox, but some kind of a box about the size mm -hmm. of a shoebox full of Chick-fil-A condiments. When I, I don't know, I don't know when this will air, but um, we have a we have a thing going on right now at, at EarthDay.GreenPlaces.com um, called Tiny Climate Acts, and the idea for Tiny Climate Acts is um, we outline uh, a bunch of things that you can do that are small changes, small habits, um, to be able to be more sustainable, to make a small impact, and to start forming habits that are are, are more sustainable and better for the planet. And one of the things that we talk about is cutout cutlery, um, which actually is from a partner of ours um, called Habits of Waste, which is a super cool organization. Uh, I think it's habitsofwaste.org. Um, and one of the big campaigns they have is, is, is a, it's a hashtag cutout cutlery. And the whole idea is voicing your support to be able to help influence at scale both governments and uh, vendors to stop the habit of always uh, including cutlery mm -hmm. with takeout orders. Um, they've worked with uh, Uber. They've worked with DoorDash. Um, they've worked with governments to be able to enforce this type of stuff. It's been really, really impactful. And that that yeah. in and of itself is such an obvious thing to do, um, especially with what the last, you know, two years has taught us about, you know, takeout and delivery right. of being able to Again, both both solve something that's a business objective, um, but that's also better for the planet. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's obvious, but not apparent, maybe. Like people don't think of it. We do things all the time without thinking about it. Yeah. And I was talking to uh, a, another CEO of a big software company, and he had a comment to me about during the pandemic, as particularly towards the, you know, the latter half of things when the supply chain shortage started to really kick up he was having a hard time sourcing laptops. Mm -hmm. So he started to buy refurbished laptops and he started to recycle the laptops they had. So employees moving them through employees. It just took him a second to look back and say, why on earth have we not been doing that? <laughs> like, why have we not been doing that? That makes no sense while we've been buying a completely new laptop every time we start a new employee. Mm -hmm. And he's continued to do this. And again, it's one of those things where like, until you take a step back and you look at things from a perspective of like carbon literacy, that you can actually see that a lot of the things that we do, we don't need to do it that way. Mm -hmm. We just have been because it's just a habit. And changing a habit is just starts with knowledge of better things you can do. And as you do that, more people change. And mm -hmm. that's how that's how systemic change happens. And climate change, in order for us to reverse things, 
is going to require systemic change. It's not going to be Shell and BP and Delta get together in a room and solve this. <laughs> it's going to be about changing the way that we buy, the way that we mm -hmm. consume. That's a harder, but I'm, actually to me is a more optimistic message. Um, I was watching Good Morning America yesterday and that whole thing on, um, on sustainable trends in fashion, which mm -hmm. is like going through all kinds of changes there. And somebody asked me, how do you actually like change consumer behavior? Like that seems like a really scary thing. Mm -hmm. But like walk through a grocery store. Like, you know, you walk through a grocery store today and, and you can be in Harris Teeter or Kroger um, and you can see where your uh, food is sourced from. You can see um, organic options. You can yeah. see uh, locally sourced items, pasture raised and grass fed beef and, and all kinds of stuff. 10 years ago, uh, you would have had to gone to a Whole Foods or a natural food store to, yeah. to get anywhere near the selection that's available at almost every major grocery store in the, in, in the U.S. Yeah. That is consumer behavior changed. And, and, it, and it changed pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, I think that it's also new generation and people that are, you know, I think that the younger generations are just more climate conscious. And I think that they're forcing change in a way, in a good way, mm -hmm. that it's, you know, I mean, people, as they grow up, they become less likely to change. And so it's the youth I see driving this. I see a lot of that for sure. I think there's, there's, is undeniable the influence that the, the uh, Gen Z has, has had on all of this without mm -hmm. a doubt. Um, I think there's, it's, it's much more pronounced, but what I would push back is, you know, I don't think it's all generational. Like, I think a, I talk to people in every generation, mm -hmm. you know, that are like, I've been thinking about this forever. This is important to me oh, forever. Absolutely. And I'm super excited. Um, I think a lot of times younger generations are are good flag carriers. Yeah. You know, are good at, 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 at coming together and saying, this is important. We need to change. But there are people from all generations, I think, that have been seeing this, that feel strongly about it, yeah. that want to do something better. and Absolutely. Um, I also know people yeah, in all generations yeah. that care about this But there's stuff. no question. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Gen Z I mean, is amazing um, in, in terms of how they think about this stuff. And like I said, I'm super optimistic about mm -hmm. it. Um, but I think uh, we're in a big, I think, moment in this, um, yeah. which is which is really cool. And it's we're, we're calling it the, the sustainability transition. Mm -hmm. um, but I think in, in 100 years, I think people will look back um, and they'll look at this time period as kind of a a moment where, you know, previous to this point, um, you know, businesses were able to just kind of like in an unbridled sense do whatever they wanted to from mm -hmm. the environment perspective. Um, and I think after this moment, um, we'll see that change. I mean, yeah. I think the top e-commerce brands, the top fashion brands, the top food brands, the top banks. Yeah. Um, there will be winners and losers. And, and, and at this point, if you're betting against clean energy, if you're betting against, um, sustainable trends, uh, reuse, um, you, you're going to lose, mm -hmm. you know, in, in any sense of the word, whether it's, uh, you know, consumer demand or, or revenue or anything like that. I mean, the, I think the majority of the next trillion dollar companies are going to be related to sustainability. I think it's, it's undeniable. Yeah. Yeah. I think 10 years ago, a company like Green Places would have been really niche. Like you would have had not as many oh, customers. Oh, yeah. Either. Yeah, the timing. And now it's yeah. 
really good timing for your company. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we've been we've been floored. We've got public companies that use green places. We have very large private companies. We have very influential companies. Um, we we've been just really floored um, with the demand for what we're doing um, mm-hmm. and the excitement around it, and um, feel very fortunate for that. So do you have investors or is this something that you solely have funded yourself? No, I have investors. So, so Jess was our, our largest uh, investor um, and a guy that I, ca- I kind of call co-founder. We're backed by a really interesting group of what I would say is successful and concerned leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got CEOs and founders of some really amazing companies that have kind of pulled together to say, we want to do something about this and uh, we want to be able to help build the platform to help move this transition forward. Todd Olson, the founder of Pendo, um, Kyle Porter, the founder of Sales Loft, Joe Colopy and Chaz Felix, who founded Bronto, which is a huge success story um, in Raleigh, are investors. Scott Wingo, the, the founder of Channel Advisor and now Spiffy, is an investor. It is a super cool group of people. It sounds and, like it. Well, it, for it's me, a lot it's of superstars in the triangle. It is, and what makes me really happy about it is these are folks that I look up to and people that I can call and ask questions to, um, and who who help. You know, they they're they're folks that I think, um, you know, again, people that when you start a company, not that you know, institutional investors are, are, are bad. They're very helpful to have really great, you know, venture capitalists who can back what you do and and help give you guidance, but being able to ask an operator, you know, how do I solve this problem? And then say, here's how I solved it at my company. There's just, there's just nothing that's better than that. And I, I, I attribute a lot of our success, um, to the folks that have, um, invested in us and supported in us. And, um, and I continue to lean on them. You know, I, I, I talk to him very frequently. Yeah. It, I just had a conversation with Christina an hour before you. We talked a lot about the importance of community. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's it's so important to have people like that to ask questions and call out your bullshit and no, <laughs> anything no, else. Yeah. Know, nobody is self-made. Yeah. Nobody. We all depend on each other yeah. and the success of anybody is is directly, you know, attributable to the people that they surround themselves with and the people they feel fortunate to surround themselves with. Um, and I, I feel extremely fortunate uh, to be able to have the support of, of such strong leaders. Yeah. So my last question is actually going to be really challenging for you considering um, what you just said, but it is <laughs> what person or company doing good has had the biggest impact on you? Wow. I've never met this person, but Paul Pullman, uh, former CEO of Unilever, uh, to me is the, is the, the biggest champion of this. Mm-hmm. And, I agree with that. He's amazing. Well, and you know, you read through what they've been able to accomplish. You talk to people who've worked there, talk to people who've recruited there. The ability for him and his team to create a culture of sustainability uh, is amazing. I think any business can make impact. Um, any business can make an initiative around sustainability, but a, a culture of sustainability is hard. You know, you can reach a culture of sustainability where, you know, your entry level employees are giving you ideas of how to make things better. 
when you recruit in universities against top employers like Bain or McKinsey or Goldman Sachs, and they choose Unilever for these reasons, um, you know, a soap company, <laughs> essentially, that's a culture of sustainability. And I think, I think reading through what his team was able to contribute to the world of sustainability probably was the first time that I realized that this is something that can become core to a business in ways that are not so superficial. And I think if there's anything that we sort of strive to do with businesses, it's not to just, you know, be carbon neutral or come up with a sustainability plan or check boxes. I mean, all those things, I think, contribute to the end goal. But our end goal is to create a culture of sustainability with businesses. Um, and that's that's everything from education to engagement um, to involvement across different departments. And if we can be successful in doing that and giving businesses a clear path to that that uh, end goal, I, I think I, I think we you know be we would be very happy if mm -hmm. we could do that. I believe in you. Thank you. <laughs> For what it's worth. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you so much for being on Inside thank Impact, you. Alex. Yeah. If people want to learn more about you and Green Places, how can they find you? Greenplaces.com. Um, and uh, feel free to reach out uh, if you have any questions. Um, we work with businesses of all sizes. I would say we we largely focus on larger, you know, larger businesses, but um, we have plenty of, of small and growing clients. Um, and if you have any questions at all, you can reach out to us. Uh, you don't have to buy something from us to be able to get help. Um, you know, our, our mission is, is altru as altruistic as it can be. We want to help people. Um, so feel free to reach out with any questions. Um, and I also want to point out that, you know, we, we may not know every right answer. You know, we're, we're learning as everybody else is. Um, and if you have ways that you can help, please reach out to us. We have partners, um, we have advisors, we have experts, we have friends of green places. Please reach out to us if you can help us in any way. We're, we're here to try to help make a, help make businesses reach their sustainability goals. And, and we need all the help that we can get. Thank you so much to Alex Lassiter, founder and CEO of Green Places, which you can find at greenplaces.com. And thank you for listening to Inside Impact. If you like this show, we'd love it if you would give us a rating and review on whatever podcast app you're using right now. For all of you making an impact in your communities, let's hear about it. Send us an email to podcast at unitywebagency.com and we'll be sure to mention what you're doing on the show or even have you on. This podcast was edited and produced by EarFluence. I'm Elisa Hur, and we'll talk to you again soon on Inside Impact.